Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD. Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Good afternoon to you too, sir. How you doing today? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. you are. Yeah, pretty good. It's, uh, it's yeah, a beautiful day. It yeah. Oh, sorry. I just uh, jumped ahead there. I apologize. It, you did? It's uh, it's okay. I, mean, I think the thing that you're trying to get at is that um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a it's a drinking day. It's a squire select day. <laughs> it's the most wonderful day in the world. <laughs> yeah. So ridiculous. Yeah. It is squire select day, man. We're excited about uh, <laughs> this as always. And, uh, man, fun. It's, uh, you know, we, the particular uh, liquor that we're dealing with today, you and I both are not you know, we don't know a lot about, so we kind of, you know, experimenting with a little bit. You, you, we had to do our research. We had to do our research yeah. and, and we're being very diligent about that. Yes, we are. We are um, doing everything in our power to just, just research, dive in, just dive right in head first, right into the deep end. And, <laughs> mm, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's tough work, John David, you know, the good people out here in country squire radio land, they, they, they expect from us to, to come to a squire select and they want to know that we know what we're talking about. That's right. We, we do the hard work, the hard labor of <laughs> researching the various uh, spirits Those that we have to talk about. Twelve ounce curls, baby. And we don't we don't do it for us. <laughs> we do it for y'all. You know that's what I mean? Right. That's that's what it is. This is a service to the people. That's the way I see it right now. <laughs> Man, exciting time today. We were fired up about this. No, man, it's going to be a good one. Of course, this is a Squire Select episode. We're really, uh, we're, we, we are here in uh, beautiful, sunshiny Miami, which is appropriate for kind of the direction we're going in. I, I, I want to let yeah. the folks, so I want to kind of pull the curtain back a little bit and share with them how this particular Squire Select came to be. Because, you know, generally speaking, we've got this kind of new system that we're doing this year. It's been a lot of fun. And we make plans in advance thinking through okay we're going to be in such and such an area we want to approach some of the topics that are right for the area that we're in to give it us in the right yeah. headspace the right mind that sort of thing and and some episodes you know they'll you know they don't necessarily necessarily fit i mean they, they might but sure. like you know tobacco talk is just a universal standard you know like right as long as we're in america tobacco talk makes sense we're fine <laughs> right know, from that standpoint right but then you've got you know some of these other series for example uh like the finer things or like a squire select where you want to try to maybe tailor it a little bit to the environment you're in so originally originally and understand that's not what we're going with this right now but originally when you and i were thinking okay we're thinking miami what's the first drink that comes to mind and the listeners are thinking about that and then now you're going to say it it is mojito a mojito for me for me i think of a rum based fruity ish drink sweet I, that's just what I thought of. And so mojito a, is what, mojito. what? Yeah, you do. You you input these like you input these like flavor profiles or these concepts, right? And then output comes mojito for you. You know that's I, what happened for me. That was happened for you. I, you know, I don't necessarily have, I guess, a specific one that came up for me. So I was like, you no, know, mojitos are great. I love mojitos. They're wonderful, wonderful, wonderful beverages. Yeah. Then we got here, and actually, even last night we had a wonderful mojito. We when we went out, we had um, got a few cocktails, and they made us a yeah delicious mojito. It was different from the ones I've had before. Kind of had like a almost a berry essence to it. Yeah, it was, it was good though. Yeah, yeah. no, that was a, that was a, it was a unique place we were at. It was very very good. But this morning, in the cold, unforgiving light of day, we realized that 
as we go to the the local package store here at in, in Miami, which is not what they call it, but that's what we call it. Right. We looked at okay, if we're going to make a mojito, what do we need? And you know, our whole philosophy this year with Squire Select is taking one spirit and then pairing it with a pipe tobacco, and then turning that spirit into a cocktail. And then pairing that with a pipe tobacco. And we ran into a problem, John David. Yeah. Because, you know, we were doing this all backwards. We were thinking mojito. But the problem is, in order to make a mojito, there's only one, like, cocktail or one liquor that you can really use. And that's Bacardi. And it's basically, I mean, just white rum, which, that you know, most white rums are not meant for sipping. Yeah, sipping. Even, even, and this is embarrassing. We go in and then, like, finally a dude comes up to us. We're, like, walking around the shop. And uh, he's like, you know, can I help? I, I'm not going to do the accent, but he's like, he's like, because <laughs> it was so BA. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was, a, it was highly legit. disrespectful. Yeah. But anyway, the dude comes up and he asks if he can help us. And I, I tell him, uh, you know, I look at John David. I was like, can, can we be helped? <laughs> and, yeah, there's no help. And so we explained to him, we're looking for something that we can use in a mojito that is also sippable. And he kind of was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of like pretended like maybe he had an answer there. And then he was finally like, you know, if you want to make a mojito, you really just need Bacardi. You just need Bacardi. <laughs> and so we're like, okay, we could go on two routes. Either we go basic or we go Miami. Yeah. And you know what we did? We went Miami. We went Miami. We had to go Miami, man. And so he actually recommended the uh, this really fine rum that we're about to be talking about right yeah, now. Yeah. And we threw out the mojito out the window because we're like, this is, to make this a mojito would be disrespectful. So we're doing a different kind of cocktail, which will become evident as we kind of dive into it. But I'm excited. John David, today we are pairing up pipe tobacco with Pompero and Aversario. <laughs> and Aversario. No, wait, that's Ron, Ron Pompero and Aversario. It is a dark rum and it is some kind of good. A Venezuelan dark rum and I think if I'm not mistaken uh, quite aged uh, so help me out with this one man I'm really trying here. Anniversary Anniversary. Yeah it's Anniversario and that's I'm assuming an anniversary? I would think so. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> you know, I failed Spanish. <laughs> right. <laughs> we both failed English. I was so about to I, say, I, I didn't exactly pass English. Can't, even ima- <laughs> can't imagine that we had uh, any luck with Spanish, yeah. So, um, yeah, dark rum, of course. Um, you know, Bo and I both, uh, Bo more than me, but I, you know, I just don't have, I'm not a big rum drinker. I'm not a, you know, dark rum drinker. It's just right. not something that I that I typically pull for. Uh, but it felt right coming down here to South Florida and being, um, you know, right here around the corner from South Beach and all these, you know, glitzy part of town that we find ourselves in. And it just, uh, it just seemed like the right thing to do. And so we're trying rum today. Rum, of course, uh, distilled from the sugarcane juice or uh, molasses from sugarcane and sometimes aged in oak barrels. Rum's an interesting bird. You know, it's one mm. of those that, you know, good ones you can drink straight. It's obviously known, well known for mixing as well. And, you know, darker rums, you're starting to see more dark rums involved in cocktails. Is it like a, a dark and stormy or a, I forget the different ones that, that are out there. But, you know, so you are seeing it more and more uh, as a, lot of a tiki drinks as a component there. Yeah. yeah. This particular rum, not not incredibly expensive. The Ron Pampero <laughs> Anniversario. You know, we bought it today. You know, again, we're in downtown Miami, probably mm. paying a little premium for mm. it. So uh, it was about thirty five dollars. This is a bottle, you know, from the research I can do probably going to set you back, uh, you know, close to 28, 29 bucks as far as the MSRP. Goes. Not bad at so, all for the quality. And for the quality, great. It's really tasty. Uh, really, really, really good. So I'm, I'm excited about this, man. So this is obviously, a, you know, as we kind of laid out, like how we came about uh, 
you know, purchasing and acquiring this bottle here. Yeah. It was not a company that I think either of us were, were familiar with, but, uh, it's a Venezuelan rum. It's a Venezuelan rum. Pompero was actually founded back in 1938. And interestingly enough, in 1991, most of the percentage of the company was actually sold to Guinness. Wow. Can you believe it? No, <laughs> like, like, that's amazing. We're sitting here enjoying this like Venezuelan rum and then it's like all of a sudden Guinness pops up. <laughs> Didn't we just talk about Peterson Pipes too? Yeah. Right. It's, it's like Irish. Yeah. It's just I think a Lane actually clash acquired. Of, uh, clash of worlds. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. And somehow it's distributed by STG. It's how is that? I know, right? Oh, wait a sec. Yeah, that's funny. No, but I mean, like, a, a highly, highly quality rum that we're sipping here. And like, we first talk, like, can we talk about the bottle a little bit? Yeah. Because, you know, one of the things that we always talk about is the way in which something presents itself. And that's important to us. Yeah. It's important to the consumer. Well, and, and, you know, more, you know, more this time, I think, than most, this speaks to exactly our dilemma. We needed to find, like, a good quality rum to yeah. enjoy. And aside from getting the, you know, aid of, of our of our friend at the uh, at the shop we were looking by and he gave us a couple of options you came to this one because for one thing you've got a beautiful kind of oval shaped bottle a little bit kind of a on the little on the smaller side but not at all a small bottle kind of small and chunky it's a rotund that's bottle. right you've yeah. got uh, you've got kind of pressed into the front of the bottle kind of a wax seal with the pompero kind of a, a you know i guess the the man riding the horse there's uh, he's kind of like you know uh, riding a, a bucking bronco 1938 <laughs> right there into the glass they have a very ornate logo with a lot of kind of intricate details around the mm-hmm. sides it kind of kind of evokes you know i gosh what is uh, i'm trying to think of that that era of like the conquistador and um you know what i'm talking about the conquistadorian era yeah uh, our I mean, apologies to our spanish listeners by the way <laughs> uh, and so uh, i know right yeah with gold and yellows and whites and and you know kind of a, a nice red there's a there's a regalness a, a quite a, a I think an authority that's kind of presented in the way that this mm, bottle is here. Yeah. But to cap it all off, this was wrapped in like a nice leather sack, a quality leather sack. It, it was it was a really cool leather pouch that it kind of came in. Yeah, yeah it was uh, kind of surprising, and and it, it's you know a part of the experience too. It's it kind of you know like the old Crown Royal bag that the Crown Royal. No, 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 in. my friend. This, this is it like puts that, it puts that to shame. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is really neat. What so. does Canada know about bags anyway? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we we cannot say anything about Canada. We have no we we cannot say anything about Canada for at least another month and a half. Yeah, no no no. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All yep. right, Pimpero, Pompero uh, anniversary. Sorry, yo, it. I'm trying, y'all. <laughs> you're you're doing okay. You're doing okay. Uh, Ron Pompero, Ron Pampero uh, anniversario, dark rum. And so, um, what man, are some things that you're get picking up from this? Well, so uh, you know, typically when we discuss uh, tasting notes on uh, things like like liquor, uh, you know, spirits, but also. You know, pipe tobacco and cigars as well. We think about kind of the the initial smell, the palate, and then the finish. And on the nose of this, this is a very aromatic rum, wouldn't you say, Bo? Oh, extremely. I mean, th- this is something that when you, it's like a like a very heavily cased pipe tobacco. When you open up the bottle and pour, you know, a dram into a glass, you can smell it from across the room. It is very. 
It, it it smells great. As soon as I uncorked it, I mean, you heard me. I was like, whoa. I mean, like, that yeah. was just instantly, like, hit. Like, man, yeah. what, this is something special. Like, that was that yeah. feeling of, like, this is something, something special. special. Yeah. We kind of just talked about, like, the bottle and the way it presents itself. Yeah. And one of the things that you and I, it's been a topic of conversation our entire trip in Miami is trying to discern what's just trying to, like, make a show versus what <laughs> is actually legit underneath the show. That's true. Yeah. Like, and like, this it right is here, the yeah. show, but also has the chops to back it up. Exactly. You know? Like, yeah. this is... Instagrammable, but does that mean it's good? You right. I mean? <laughs> and this right here, yep. as soon as I popped that bad boy open, it was like, oh no, this is something special. Yeah. Like yeah. it is as special as it presents itself. No, I, I think I think you're right. The yeah. the aroma is is really um man re- really really special. Uh, you get molasses and and a, and a deep warm chocolate here. That's uh, mm. that's very very apparent. Cocoa butter creamy vanilla with with a little bit of spice you know there's a grassy spiciness that's there that's you know very pleasing and so it's that kind of nice tingle you get with a good rum that leaves your nose just a little peaked so um yeah and then of course we we drink the rum oh yeah yeah we should have um, have a sip here cheers it's oily (sighs) smooth it is very very smooth viscous there's a Kind of a syrupy nature to it, which makes sense, obviously. We're nice, talking about rum. Nice tongue coating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like, I want you, dear listener, to imagine that your most comfortable, classy smoking chair, and you're sitting back with your favorite pipe, your favorite pipe tobacco. We'll, we'll talk about what, you, what should be smoking, but, we'll, but like, just imagine that. Like, when you have that image of yourself doing this in the smoking chair, and that brandy-esque style sniffer glass type yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is what you want in that glass. <laughs> like, it is that good. Like, it is like almost, I feel like this was tailor-made for Esquire Select. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty great. It really is. There's a tropical fruit element to it that mm-hmm. is, uh, that's apparent. You know, it's that oily, smooth, viscous, molasses yeah. uh, flavor that is, that's, um, it's, is very tasty. It's kind of one of those, it's sweet, but like the molasses nature of it is it, it, keep, it holds it back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not overly sweet or anything of that nature. It's almost cut. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. And that spice there is really nice. Of course, we're talking more of a kind of that, that baking spice that, you know, makes the back of your tongue tingle a little bit and the roof of your mouth. So it's essentially um, begging. Yeah. John David, it is begging to be paired with a pipe tobacco. <laughs> it is. No, I mean, like, it is begging to be I paired with I had fun with this. You know, yeah. the, the the finish on this particular tobacco, I'm sorry, this, this particular rum, the finish on this, you get vanilla, but you get a smokiness that's there. Yep. Almost... Uh, Almost similar, like a mild scotch or, you know, something that's just got... uh, On the back end. We talked about uh, mezcal, you know, earlier. Yeah. Just a little bit of that kind of smoky, you know, essence that's there. And and I actually enjoyed this particularly on a couple cubes of ice. Like, I I drank several uh, sips of it straight and then... Oh, um, you you diluted yours with ice? I put put a couple cubes in mine and that made it even better. See, I'm looking at our glasses. I'm seeing we're about the same stage. I didn't realize you had deleted yours with ice. I um yep I I you know I felt for for science that I should probably just <laughs> drink it straight. <laughs> well, I've done both. So you do, you do you do whatever helps you sleep at night. No, I'm which, the safety, which I the, imagine this uh, will help you sleep tonight. This will help so. me sleep very well tonight. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the what's the the control? I'm the control. That's what it is, right? You have the, the control. control. Yeah, that's right. I'm so, I'm, I'm married to science. In the I, uh, I know what I'm talking about, right? Um, so anyway, uh, we, today we were pairing this with, uh, with, with something that's different, interesting. We haven't talked about this tobacco in quite a while. 
Um, and, uh, and, and it's something that, um, I, I think kind of leads me into Miami a little bit, but I think goes well with this particular spirit. We were pairing this today with Cornell and Deal, Mad Fiddler Flake. Cornell and Deal, you know, came out with the Elder Ones series a couple years ago. They've got all these kind of Lovecraftian, oh, you yeah. know, different tobaccos that are out there with these, um, you know, fun graphics and artwork. This uh, Mad Fiddler Flake is one of the more popular ones that we've seen from that line. Wow. I guess I just don't know Lovecraft enough to know what the reference is there. And, and, I, and I don't either, yeah. to, to be honest with you. But Black Cavendish Cigar Leaf, which is the primary player here yes, in, the, yes. in, in the blend, yes. uh, Perique and Virginia's. This is a tobacco. Child of cousins. Well, <laughs> yeah, child. <laughs> child of cousins. Incredible. R- royal. Well, you know, we'll just say royal. And yeah, from, royal. from now on, yeah, y'all know, you know what we like talk Queen about. Victoria, by that. Habsburg Jar, all right. that stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So, <laughs> so uh, a regal tobacco. Regal. Regal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, uh, you've got an incense flavor here that I think pairs nicely with the spiciness of the rum. The tobacco is spicy. There's a woodiness to it. But the cigar leaf is the major player, and, Mm. and cigar leaf has a thick smokiness to it it's a powerful tobacco it's got a earthy depth that i think pairs well with the with the sweetness of this particular rum yeah i think it's a good pairing so it also coats the tongue nicely and i really you know everything from cornell deals great but the elder one series is really impressive and i think this is one of those tobaccos that kind of kind of shines so uh, mad filler flake pairing with the ron pampero anniversario run right no that's a fantastic pairing I, I like where your head's at like it again it just it fits that imagery that just that smokiness that you kind of mm-hmm. really want present there all right now this is interesting y'all so as you know we're doing something different this year and we may continue on doing this from year or maybe we'll do something different next year but we're taking what we have right now and we're introducing new flavor profiles to completely change the drinking experience and thus completely change what's appropriate to pair it. The pairing, with. yeah. Now, in this, originally, like we mentioned before, we kind of went with the mojito and we decided that this is not a rum to mojito. It will not mojito. You know what I mean? Like, this is not. I can't. And again, I'm not a cocktail expert. I, I, I'm not someone that's tried to make a mojito at home, but I. I, I can't imagine using a rum like this in a mojito. Exactly. So it'd be inappropriate to do so. And so while we're there, I was actually thinking like, you know, while you don't typically go for like a spiced rum in a daiquiri, I bet this would actually make for a pretty interesting daiquiri. So how familiar are you with daiquiris? Like, well, not better question. When I think of daiquiris. Yes, exactly. So when I think of daiquiris, I think of a frozen strawberry daiquiri. Right. That someone pours out of a slushy machine at, you know, my favorite Mexican restaurant. Yeah. Okay. That's what I think of. And And I bet that's probably true for most of the uninitiated of our listeners. So all of you who have that mindset or rather that image that comes to mind, right. Toss it out. Just throw that out. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about the classic daiquiri of like, like our, you know, if we think about cocktail history and kind of the origins of what a daiquiri actually is, it is a very simple cocktail drink. It is equal parts lime juice, equal parts simple syrup, and in, uh, equal parts spirit, or more specifically, rum. Okay. And so we are actually having a classic daiquiri, the original daiquiri in many respects. Not that fruity, whatever, off the side, you know, thing that it is. Not there's anything wrong with that. I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's not what we're doing today. Honestly, I'm so surprised by that as you're sitting here describing what a classic daiquiri cocktail is yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm fact checking you and um <laughs> and and yeah i'm, I'm I, I, this is news to me because when i think of, when you say daiquiri i'm like no nah, it's that you know 
silly little pansy drink you get with the umbrella at the bar that actually I would really like. And, and, and I would order that while my wife orders like, you know, Johnny Walker. Neat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. um, our wives over here with our old fashions and we're like, right. Like, you got our pina colada. <laughs> but, um, but no, th- so yeah, daiquiri uh, believed to have originated in Cuba, rum, lime juice, simple syrup with ice and serve. And that is, uh, that's news to me. Yeah, man. That's it right there. And yeah. I mean, like, so this has been like a really kind of fun uh, space to explore because it does allow for you to enjoy some more premium rums yeah. in a cocktail fashion. And so I was with not without diluting it too bad. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? You still get to taste the essence of the of the premium liqueur li- the, liquor. So in, in in this case, especially when you're talking about a bunch of like equal parts, right? They're all coming together to make the drink. Right. There's not one that's supposed to overpower the other. They're all supposed to play off each other. Um, but at the same time, one of the things you get like that's going to be the case in kind of a classic daiquiri is the fruit is in this case the yeah. lime that does kind of make a, a pretty you know solid statement in it. So anyway, let's first let's uh, let's take a sip. Cheers. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, refreshing. This is I mean sitting on a beach. This, this this puts a different perspective on that concept of sipping a daiquiri on the beach, right? It does. And and, and also, really just trying this, I can't believe it's the same spirit. Mm-hmm. I, I can't... It, it Game changer. Yeah, I, I really can't... It's hard for me to think that this is the same the same spirit of um as, as we just had before. Yeah. Equally as good, very different. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like, you so know, good. it's a cocktail you can make at home. Yeah. And it's very, very simple. I highly suggest, again, especially for those of you who kind of have just like a frozen concept in your head. By the way, same thing with a margarita, except with tequila as opposed yeah. to, uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, there's different elements there. I mean, so it's not the exact same as a, as a, as a margarita. But yeah. At the same thing, like, a lot of like what we think of in frozen beverages have classic origins that believe it or not, we didn't always have frozen, you know, ice makers. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. Actually, you know sure. I mean? So anyway. All that to say, we're dealing with a completely transformed drink here. It's 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 acidic, obviously well, it's sweet. Obviously yeah. it's sweet. I mean, we, we're talking simple syrup and you know spiced rum, but it's not cloying. It's sweet and refreshing. It's refreshing. It, it, I I didn't think a rum this dark and spicy could be refreshing like that. I'm so glad. And this this is this is good, Bo. Yeah, this good. I, I give you a point for this. I, one. No, I'm all about it, man. I love it when like when you're like, what? And you forget that I know things because we're always talking about like your like, areas of expertise, <laughs> <that>, right? <laughs> it's like, wait, Bo knows something. Uh huh. All right. So, but <laughs> that being said, we're so, about to flip this really quick. Yeah. So so Bo knows something, <laughs> and and Bo made this cocktail, and and someone gave Bo permission to make his own pairing. All right, y'all, let me go ahead and apologize in advance. Here. I'm excited about this. I think it's actually actually pretty great. I think it's fun. So like, you know, oftentimes we come to you as the expert. You are kind of the the master craftsman here and you're the one with the palate like of the gods that is like presenting us with appropriate... Every time Bo talks like this, I get a promotion. It's, but it's, <laughs> go ahead. It's so like, you know, that, that's, that's at play here. But because you aren't as familiar with this cocktail, this version of this cocktail, we thought it'd be interesting as a as a fun thing for, for me to actually attempt a pairing Bo, pick a pipe tobacco i know to pair with a drink i know i'm and i'm nervous i'm, I'm not thrilled. gonna lie i'm nervous no, that's I'm, good so this is kind of this is a, it's a first 
It, it, I think I think it may be actually, and so this is this is a first. So I'm thinking about this cocktail, and you know, like I said, while there's a lot of different things elements at play, one of the things that is very I would say that kind of makes this a daiquiri is the lime. Is the lime kind of as a feature in this drink? Again, it's not overly sour or anything of that nature. It's very refreshing, but that's there. And so I was trying to kind of think about that kind of lime with the sweetness type of profile and kind of what connects with it. And you're thinking about like a various assortment of kind of like fruit flavors and that sort of thing. On top of that, I really like, I know a lot of times you'll like pick pairings where there's a lot of like, oh, it's got this flavor profile, so this is going to ride right alongside it. And I'm always shocked because I always think like, oh, I would think you'd kind of go with something different that would kind of like like counterbalance that or something like that. Right. And so I wanted to think of a blend that had something like of a sweet, but also kind of a spicy that are kind of counterplaying with each other, while also a good healthy kind of fruit notes that are all involved as well. And hey, we're on the coast, so it better have some perique. I went with plum pudding. I went with plum pudding from uh, the Seattle Pipe Club. Yeah. Now, I'm nervous about how you feel about this pair. <laughs> now that you've actually had the cocktail. No, and, like, I, it's interesting to me because um, you did go with plum pudding. I did. And it's a Balkan blend. Yep. And Balkan blends aren't typically known for their for their sweetness, but this does have some black Cavendish in it. Right. And so it's the smoothness of that. Uh, the See, and I'm not thinking about it from a scientist standpoint. I'm just thinking like yeah. the last time I smoked plum pudding, you know, like kind of the things. You would think it go well with the, and, and, and again, when, when we talk about smoke from a pipe, smoke from a pipe is more alkaline. We're drinking an acidic, you know, lime-based kind of drink here. And so, you know, those two things are going to kind of kind of counterbalance a little bit, right? And point each other in that direction. Yeah, Bo, I mean, you get the natural sweetness from the Virginias. You got Perique that obviously has its own spice and pepper to it. Yeah, I think this is fun. I did it. I, I look, did the thing. I look, I look forward to trying it. Okay. I think it's, it's going to be great. <laughs> I think it's going to be great. Yeah. All right. I'm uh, very Black curious. Black Cavendish, of course, yeah, oily Latakia, that Latakia that's got a nice uh, depth to it that adds some body to any tobacco but leaves a nice tongue coating. You know, I think uh, I think this is good. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> I feel I feel so good. He did uh, so good. Yeah, I want uh, I want to hear from our listeners though if, if y'all think that's a good pairing or not. But like I said, I think that a lot of li- our listeners may need to first make this version of the cocktail yeah. so that they know what's up with it and kind of and, appreciate um, it. Yeah, and appreciate really it. Really good, so. man. Really well done. All right, there you go. The classic daiquiri made with uh, pompero and a versario and paired with plum pudding for the daiquiri and. Cornell deal, Mad Fiddler Flake, for, Mad uh, Fiddler Flake for the uh, for the for the spirit for the spirit by itself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good stuff, man. Good mm, stuff. Delicious. Listen, there's something about enjoying some spirits that really make me feel. You ever feel like a little smarter after you've had a little 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 something? Like you know what I mean? It, if I if I do, it's probably on accident. But yeah, no, 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 no. You, it's like your <laughs> wisdom level. What is it? In vitro veritas, perceived right? Perceived wisdom. Out of wine comes truth. You're ready to take on the world's mightiest questions. And, you know, speaking of the mightiest questions, lately our friends at Missouri Mirsham have been presenting some mighty questions every Tuesday for Cobb Tuesday. That's right. On uh, this coming Tuesday, be sure to go to Missouri Mirsham's Facebook page. They're going to have a trivia question that day that you can answer. Uh, they're going to pick the winners of that answer, and then uh, the final winner will get a uh, gift card to uh, Missouri Mirsham's website. And so, uh, Really exciting. Check that out every Tuesday for the coming few weeks here. And just uh, be sure to to participate in their Cobb Tuesday trivia question of the week. And uh, that'll be exciting. Oh, man. I'm I'm, I'm excited to hear from uh, our our, our, uh, listeners who participate. You know, if y'all if by the way, if y'all win, let us know. 
Yeah, we want to know. We want to know. We want to know. We want to know that, like, and let them know, like, oh, I, I won. And it's I was one of our guys. That that, that's right. We want to cheer yeah. you on. Right. I always love it when that's the case. It's one of our guys. Yeah. 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 Y'all let them know. And we'll let them know. We're and the, you'll let them know. We're like the cheerleader section. That's you know? right. Yeah. We, that's we want right. We're a CSR listener. Is this a conflict of interest? We're sending our guys in to win this competition. Yeah. But it's, I mean, they're, we're, they're, they're going to win it for themselves, but they're, they're one of us. Cop Tuesday. Ow. Big thanks to our friends at Missouri Mearsham for sponsoring this show. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Pipe Question of the Week. Question of the week coming in from David. He said, I recently picked up a new pipe at the Country Squire. What? And I'm oh, loving it. All right. David, local or maybe traveler. We don't, we don't know. Like sipping good bourbon, smoking a pipe seems like a good opportunity for enjoying good fellowship with friends. So after buying my pipe, I grabbed a few Missouri Meerschaum pipes so that I could share my new favorite pastime. But this brings up an etiquette question. Oh, this is good. If I'm sharing bourbon with a friend, I pour it in a clean but obviously used glass. If I'm letting a friend smoke a pipe, is it theirs forever? Or is it customary to clean it up and let another smoke it? COVID and microbiology aside, I'm just curious about standard standard etiquette and I'm open to all the harassment I may deserve for asking a, guy, uh, a new guy a question like this. I've been enjoying my new briar pipe, the cob I kept for myself and the show. Thank you all for the helpful and enjoyable content y'all put out. And again, this is coming from David. Uh, David, great question. And and it, this really is a great question. Yes. And, it, you know, th- this is a very personal question. A, a, a pipe is something that's incredibly intimate. You're yep. putting it in your mouth and slobbering all over it as you consume your favorite tobaccos. You know, the mouthpiece is uh, something that, you know, gets very acquainted with your teeth and your tongue and all that. And so this, you know, depends on who you're with, who your friends are. And it's, it's it's a judgment call. Typically, if you're in a group of people, you know, folks are not just going to share their pipe back and forth. Having said that, working as a blender, I have very regularly with a few of my employees in the past swapped pipes back and forth as we're trying to taste blends that we're working Mm, on gross and it is kind of gross but it's also (laughs) just kind of part of the part of the here i tried this spoon you try the spoon right right, right. off of the of the of the of the uh the soup or the broth or whatever it is and so you know, a lot of times that that does happen in in my context, being on our side of the counter. I'll, if you've listened to the show for a long time, you uh, of course remember Caleb Crawford, who is a dear friend of mine. Caleb the intern, yeah, Caleb absolutely. the intern. You know, probably the best uh, tobacco blender I've ever hired at the Squire, and is still still doing some work for us occasionally. Very talented and 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 a dear friend. But Caleb and I would swap pipes, you know, back and forth all the time. Man, I just put this together, or I, I've let it sit for a couple of days. Try this out. Okay, now try this one out. You know, and so that might gross a few people out, but that's just kind of what we what we did. What a lot of folks do is they'll leave some pipes that have been cleaned, either with rubbing alcohol or with a pipe sweetener, even which is just that little alcohol mint right, solution. Yeah. And if you'll just swab that out after you know every smoke, folks can you can 
let people use a pipe, you know, it's a, Hey, you can use my pipe. It's been cleaned up. Here it is. And, um, and so, yeah, in a, in a, in a personal setting with folks, you know, well, uh, that is pretty common to happen. You know, having said that, you're probably not going to go to a pipe shop and, you know, Oh, you didn't bring a pipe. Well, here, just use my pipe. And I mean, that that's happened before I've seen it happen, but, um, there again, it's just a, you know, it's a personal preference thing. How well do you know the person you're with and would they find it weird? And, you know, and if they do find it weird, can you deal with the fact that they know that they think it's weird? I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, I've, I've seen folks kind of all over the map. I, you know, know folks that, you know, won't even get, near each other's, uh, you know, drink or whatever, right? You know, so it's, it just kind of goes in the same category, but, but yeah, we do have uh, folks that will keep pipes around that have been kind of cleaned. And then those pipes can be used for guests if they come around and, uh, you know, you could certainly give it to them. It could be their forever pipe if you want it to be, but it's also just nice to have a house pipe around. Yeah. It's been, uh, been kind of cleaned up. We think about the old tavern pipes from, you know, the days of yore, uh, when they would tear off the end of the stem as the pipe, you know, would, would, continue to get used and so you know there's a there's a precedent for pipes being used over and over like that so yeah it's a it's a personal preference you just have to kind of make it up as you go along i can tell you for me i generally keep a good stock of missouri mirsham pipes and and like you know yeah. kind of like you know and then they're all you know good quality pipes from our friends at missouri mirsham but typically i don't keep like i'll keep like kind of the you know the more affordable of of the bunch you know like for the pure yeah. standard reason of like if i've got somebody over if i want to like you know yeah. introduce them to the pipe and i always give them the pipe and that's the reason why i like to keep like a good bushel of missouri mirsham pipes around right is for that reason specifically even if they don't necessarily like like ah you know i don't think it's for me it's like ah well you know what hang on to the pipe yeah, you know just keep it just keep it there's no reason like at that i mean they're, they're super super affordable there's like not, just not a whole lot of reason not to do that it just depends on who you are as Bo from the country squire i like or rather from country squire radio i you know people come over and they want to smoke a pipe and they don't always yeah. have to, like so like, course, i know so they might not have one but they're like well bo's got one exactly yeah so if it's a fairly regular occurrence that I know that I'll be introducing people to pipe smoking for the first time, right? for me, it makes sense just to keep a bunch of them. I don't think there's anything wrong with washing them and reusing or anything like that. Yeah. I remember, I think Sterilizing, it was- Sterilizing, cleaning, cleaning them up. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember who it was, but I remember super early on in my pipe journey when I was like looking into estate pipes and like even just becoming aware of the concept of estate pipes, I was initially grossed out by the concept of an estate pipe because yeah, you sure. have- all of these pipes, all of them presumably used. Yep. And so it's like, that seems gross. And then somebody, maybe it was you, it might have been a YouTuber, I don't know who, but they basically said, you go to a restaurant, you eat with a fork, you don't think that other people have eaten with that fork? <laughs> you go to a hotel, you sleep in a bed, you don't think other people slept in that bed, it, use those it, sheets? Like, you know, like... Exactly. It's true, though. Yeah. And so it's it's one of those situations where it's like, huh... And I think it's one, I think it's because I'm just throwing this out there. I think sometimes we associate the pipe more with a straw than a spoon. You know what I mean? Interesting. And yeah. we tend to think of straws as disposable. Now, like at our house, we've got disposable straws, but we also have like metal straws. Yeah. Yeah. We use metal straws for like, like shakes and that sort of thing. But then we end up using like disposables for having like a big party or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, you, but the straw is still kind of considered a, like a, could you used it so we're not going to wash it that's ridiculous mm. it's it's done it's 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 to be you know discarded or you know even then you wouldn't say now it's yours you just right you just don't see it again so i think that we need to kind of recognize the pipe as the utensil that it is 
and realize it is okay to wash. It's meant to be clean. Or, yeah, obviously we're not talking about putting it in the dishwasher. No, no, of course not. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's okay to be cleaned and then used by someone else. Exactly. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. If it's fine from an estate pipe, it's fine for your guest. Yeah. That being said, for me personally... I do like to just have a couple of fresh Missouri Meerschaums on hand that so I they can, can. Yeah, you can send yeah. them home as a, kind of a treat. Exactly yeah, for someone. If yeah. it, like even if they don't like it, like you know, it's one of those things like they can keep it as a keepsake and remember the special time we all shared. Yeah, you know, I think that's good. But anyway, great question, David. Really, really great question. Hope uh, hope you, this was helpful. If you guys have questions for the show, send them in. That's show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick fire with the squire. All right, man. So we've been drinking. Let's talk about weaponry. (laughs) Weaponry? I don't know. Yeah, why not? Yeah. (laughs) It's great. Yeah. This is the melee edition of Country Squire Radio. Okay. Okay. Or the quick quick fire questions. The melee edition. Yeah. You know what melee is, right? Yeah. Okay. Melee. uh, uh, Blunts. We're going to hit something. We're going to hit something. All right. You ready? Yeah. Sword versus mace. Sword. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, it's it's iconic if you're just like looking at like an imagery, but it does seem like a mace would be more like you come at me with the sword, I come out with your mace, I bash the mace out of the way, and then I hit you real quick. Yeah, you'd have to cut off my arm with the mace in order to defend yourself. To make yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna go with the sword. I'm gonna go with sword too. It's just cooler. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to give the mace a day, but yeah. <laughs> All right, mace versus flail. What's a flail? Okay, so a flail is like a like you know what a mace is, right? Like yeah. you a stick and you got like a ball thing on it. Right. The the flail is like where the ball is hanging from a chain. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably go with the flail. Yeah, the flail looks cooler, but I'd probably kill myself with a flail. I'm going mace in this direction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, flail versus axe. Axe. Yeah. I think axe. A dwarf, a dwarven uh, warrior with his axe. I think I could do more damage with the axe. And my axe. I think I'd be a little more accurate and a little less likely to hurt myself. Yeah, I mean, obviously, right? Yeah. Like, you would use a flail and you would die. Like, that's just, let's just be real. It's it's like nunchucks. You see those people with these nunchucks, and you know if you ever tried that, you'd kill yourself? Right. You'd be, like, unconscious instantly. (laughs) Like, not even, like, even before you twirled it, you just touched it Uh and somehow you're unconscious. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, like, flail but dead. Uh, and then finally, axe versus hammer. Like a Thor hammer? It could be a Thor hammer, like think. a long war hammer type yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah. I'll go with the hammer. Yeah. I think it'd be easier to wield, right? I, I, I'll, I'll go with the hammer. It just seems more versatile. Yeah. A fine, I, a fine weapon for a king. It can build or destroy. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. <laughs> All right. Okay. Very, very. We'll go with hammer. I'm, I'm with you on that one. There you go. That's melee edition. Oh, that's great. Quick Ma- fire the questions. Melee edition of quick fire questions. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the perfect thing for when you've been drinking rum. Yeah. Weapons that you hit things with. Yeah. Why right. not? <laughs> don't, don't, don't melee and drink. Anyway, if you've got quick fire questions for us, send them in the show, show at countrysquireradio.com. Oh, man. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right, man, listener feedback coming in from Tom from the UK, otherwise known as UK Tom. Hi, Bo and John David. Tom King here. Let me read this one. (laughs) No, 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 he's from UK. This is appropriate. Okay. Okay, fine. You do it. We want Tom to still like no, us. No, I, I thought I was... I, uh, <laughs> he's from, from the UK. He could be Welsh. He could be Scottish. He could be from the Isle of Jersey. Oh, 
Hey, Boo and JD, Tom okay. Kane here. Tom King here. As always, I'm loving Country Squire Radio. <laughs> Up until uh, just this moment. <laughs> <laughs> you keep me entertained every week. Just wanted to share a little story of how y'all inspired me this week. Uh, hearing Bo's passion for gumbo. Yes, sir. I looked it up as I'm not, it's not a meal that we have here in England. Mm. After smoking my Missouri Meerschaum Cobb, I headed to the kitchen to make a roux. A while later, and I had a dish which kind of resembled gumbo. Mm. Enjoying my meal uh, with a pipe of Virginia tobacco and some Woodford Reserve rye. Ooh. Also inspired by your Squire Select episodes. Yeah. I bought a cigar a Kamoy's pipe and some Gay with Cabbies mixture, mm. uh, which you're lucky to find the Gay with Cabbies mixture. Uh, I have also made a pipe Instagram called Briar and Shire hey. uh, Leaf to share my journey into the pipe. Uh, you guys rock. Thanks for always being uh, the inspiration, your friend in the UK, and that's Tom. Tom. So, uh, Tom, thank you so much, man. We're so, so, so glad to hear from you and uh, glad you're able to find those cool ingredients and and everything over in your neck of the woods. And um, yeah, that's wonderful. I hope you enjoyed it. All right, Tom, since you're a Country Squire radio listener, I'm going to try to help you out here, okay, bud? So gumbo, like looking for gumbo recipes online, especially on YouTube, is a dangerous business. I cannot tell you how many trash cooks there are (laughs) thinking that they're making gumbo and they're not. And it's just one of these situations where you can't trust anything. Like you can't trust anything that's out there when it comes to gumbo. And this is like a highly like, like fighting words in my, in like our neck of the woods. Right. I, I remember one year, I think it was like to promote princess and the frog. Walt Disney did like a promotion type deal where they made like one of those, you know, those like tasty videos, like top down camera where they're like making food. Oh, they're and, like, cooking something. Yeah, they're cooking Preparing something. some food. Yeah. Right. So they did one of those, but they did for gumbo. You know what these mouse mother, you know what they did? <laughs> you, you, you know what these, you know, Donald Duckin people did? Pre- precious Disney folk. What, what did they do? They, they put kale in their gumbo. Oh my God. They put kale in there. And I look, I love Disney. Disney's great, but they put kale in their gumbo. That's disgusting. Them's is like, no, you, you hashtag canceled right there. Like that is right. ridiculous. Right. So, and then on top of that too, one of the biggest tricks with all of this is getting the roux right. Yeah. And so that's what I've never made gumbo, but that's what people always, you know, complain about is like, ah, the, the roux is always the hardest part. That's what you see. That's what you should be complaining about is the roux. Right. That's the thing where the war happens. We all talk about the roux. Everybody's got the different philosophies <laughs> and that sort of thing. Most people are just trash because they don't have time to like do it right. <laughs> and Disney blew right past that and just threw kale in and just like the entire internet was like, what is wrong with you? Probably shoved it in the microwave. That was awful. It was absolutely terrible. And it was a disgrace. You can't put your movie and set it in New Orleans with a chef, with like a a chef who owns a restaurant in the French Quarter and then say that they're out here serving kale in their gumbo. It's ridiculous. Anyway, all that to say, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Bo, Bo didn't do anything but just get really angry and, um, dissuade you from probably ever looking at another uh, gumbo recipe. No, in a, no, it, uh, just the opposite. Actually, I want to set Tom up right because like, think about this. This is a unique opportunity. Like, you know, how often do somebody get to invade the UK? We could actually go to the UK and invade them with our gumbo. We could actually bring yeah. our like quality ingredients and educate 
like 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 an entire grouping in UK right now by teaching them the proper way to make gumbo. This is a, this is a fantastic opportunity. Sounds like a new podcast. I, well, maybe that doesn't include me. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, point is uh, equal parts fat, equal parts flour. You got to stir it around. You got to make it, keep it moving, keep it moving, keep it moving. It's going to take you about thirty to forty-five minutes before you can actually start adding anything else in there. So anybody that tells you that you just you know oh you just pour some water and do that, no, that's not how you do this. Like it's going to take some time. You're going to want a customized spoon, a roux spoon that has a flat surface so that you're constantly moving wow. that roux on the bottom so it doesn't stick too long or get burnt or anything like that. And uh, yeah, just be, just be prepared, man. Just be prepared. I Email me, Tom. I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to hook you up. <laughs> I'm serious. Email me. I'm actually, I'd like next week, uh, I'll be back in Houston and uh, we'll actually have another recording retreat for another show. And we've got a tradition with that particular group where uh, if it's if it's the recording retreat is happening in your hometown, you make food for everybody. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, so I'll be making my duck oyster gumbo. I've mentioned this on the the podcast before. I finally got to a place with that recipe where I feel like I'm ready to share it with other people, and uh, I'm excited for it. Good. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, this will be it'll, it'll be a big unveiling and kind of get some people out of the family to try it and get some legit feedback. So uh, don't yeah. forget the kale. Good night. Oh. How can they follow us, Pope? They can do some, they can not put kale in their gumbo. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, of course, uh, we do want to hear from y'all's feedback. Uh, uh, let, it, let us know. You can follow us on the Twitters. You can follow John David at John David Cole. You can follow the shop at underscore Country Squire. You can follow the show at Squire Radio. Uh, you can also send us your feedback over email, show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Hey, you know what's awesome? Get iTunes reviews from our wonderful listeners. If you enjoy this show, head over. I always love that. Oh, so this is just the best. Head over to iTunes and write us a review. It doesn't cost you a dime to do, and it goes a long way to help support the show. But if you're able to support the show with a few dimes or more, head over to patreon.com slash countrysquireradio. All right. Well, there you go, man. Dude, I had fun. I had rum. I had fun. (laughs) And you know what rhymes with fun? (laughs) Right. Canada or whatever. (laughs) Rum. That's right. Man, I, you so know, great. I had fun, man. This is really good. I'm glad I learned what a proper daiquiri is. It, uh, it tastes great. I know. I, you know, this is I, this is what I love about a lot of, you know, some of these newer episodes and everything is I get a chance to educate you yeah. and also show you I'm not just like an idiot over here asking dumb questions. <laughs> I like, when, like, when, like when I'm in your house, that's the case. But sometimes you get to step into my house. Yeah. I, I like it. Even though like immediately then I go and parent with a pipe tobacco and now I'm nervous as I'll get out. Of <laughs> <laughs> anyway, man. Hey, let's go have a day. See you, brother. Last week, I visited J.J. Fox in London. Yes, sir. Yes, you sir. Mention, uh, it on an older episode. I bought a car. I'm sorry. Why would he buy a car at J.J. Fox? <laughs> Leave, put that one in at the end. That, that'll be a fun little cookie Easter egg at the end. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.